Hello, you're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game and Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't really care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive in today's episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter, at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group, Panthers on Tap. We have over 2,500 members. You can also find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Basically, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Panthers on Tap. Don't forget to give Bryson and I some love. Follow us on Twitter, at Coach Rule, and at Curtis underscore Round. Bryson, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Curtis. I'm doing good, man. Just uh, happy it's Wednesday, knowing we only got two more days of the work week left and um, getting over that hump day. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm ready to talk some football. The weather's been beautiful. Sun's out. We got a sunny stretch here, so it's all good in Carolina. Yeah, you're right on that. I'm definitely enjoying the weather, getting out and grilling and drinking, so (laughs) those two of my favorite things. All right, Curtis. So let's start with some news that broke earlier in the week regarding Teddy Bridgewater. So there was a report Joe Person put out saying that the 49ers had called about Teddy Bridgewater um, and his availability. And then there was other speculation saying that the Patriots had also called and Teddy Bridgewater's availability. What is your opinion on the matter, Curtis? And where do you see them going with Teddy? I, I thought it was interesting that it was the 49ers that Joe Person reported because I believe it was at the end of last week or the, early this week that the 49ers came out and said that they're willing to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starter. So seeing the report, you're kind of questioning it, but it makes sense if they're looking for a backup, knowing that Jimmy Garoppolo has been injured these past couple of years and hasn't played a full season. So the move for the 49ers makes sense if they can get him for cheap. For Carolina, I think they got to be patient. It all depends, I think, really on if they can land Deshaun Watson or not. Because if they can land Deshaun Watson, they obviously don't need Teddy Bridgewater anymore. If they don't land Deshaun Watson, Teddy Bridgewater can go into next season as the starter. And then whoever you draft this year in April, whether that's quarterback first, second, or third round, Bridgewater can begin the season as a starter. And then that quarterback can come in when he's ready. And Teddy can kind of be the the teacher for that quarterback coming in. So I think the Panthers need to be patient here and and see where the chips fall with Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's clear they're not satisfied with Teddy. He's a cap hit of around 10 million in dead money for the Panthers this year. Um, So that's going to weigh a little bit heavy on their cap space, but they've cleared some of that up. So that will weigh a little bit on the decision, but I definitely think if they're in on this Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, Teddy Bridgewater will not be on the Panthers week one of 2021 season. So, so Curtis, let me ask you this. There's also reports from John McLean in, in Houston. The Texans do not want Teddy Bridgewater. In a trade for Deshaun Watson, if the Panthers still have Teddy Bridgewater, what happens to Teddy? That's a good question. I don't think that's, that's going to happen. I think if they get Deshaun Watson, they are going to offload Teddy Bridgewater somewhere whether that be the Bears, whether that be the 49ers, whether that be the Patriots, they're going to get rid of him some way in a trade. And I think there will be some interest out there. Whether you have a situation where in training camp a quarterback goes down, Teddy Bridgewater can slide in and maybe fill that void. 
you can never count the Saints out of the question. I saw that report a couple of weeks ago of a interdivision trade, which seems kind of crazy to a lot of people, but that's another possibility. But if Deshaun Watson's on the roster and they trade for him, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater will be on this team. I honestly don't know what deal the Panthers could say no to for Teddy Bridgewater. He's a nice guy, a great guy, does a lot of things off the field, a lot of good things, but he's just not good at quarterback. Uh, I think many Panthers fans have seen that this season with his inability to throw the ball deep, his inability to lead the team to to win games in the fourth quarter, 0 for 8 this season. This is obviously not what the Panthers are looking for, and they're ready to move on with the reports that they're just done with him because of his lack of physical ability to throw the ball deep and stuff like that to run Joe Brady's offense. I think a lot of this always on Deshaun Watson. Are you of the mindset if they don't get Deshaun Watson, are you still trading Bridgewater or are you keeping him? See, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent if they don't get Watson. I feel Teddy Bridgewater would be decent to start in front of a rookie for a couple of games maybe if that rookie wouldn't take over the starting position in training camp because I'm not fully convinced that that rookie wouldn't. If it's Fields or uh, Wilson or Trey Lance, I'm not convinced that no, that any of those guys wouldn't take over the job from Teddy. But I, I would prefer to, in that situation, I guess, keep Teddy if we don't get Deshaun. But I also like the idea of trading for Sam Darnold. And I know that's something that you do not like. You think Sam Darnold is what you think, but yeah, let's get into that because today Joe Douglas came out and said, he'll answer the phone on calls for Darnold. Yeah. So we all know you're of the mindset of let's trade for Darnold, but what has he proven? Well, I I think he's definitely shown the ability to throw the ball deep better than Teddy Bridgewater has. He's got the arm talent. I think where he's lacking is decision-making ability. Honestly, being on the jets is not a positive for anybody coming into the league so uh for the for at least the past couple of years valid point (laughs) and i i just i think a fresh start for sam darnold with a with a decent core around him for example the panthers um and i think they could get teddy or uh, sam darnold for a second or third round pick that way they keep their first round pick draft a tackle draft a corner whatever they need to draft there and build around Sam Darnold. I, I'm not I, wait. I'm not wasting a second round pick on Sam Darnold. I, I'm I'm just not doing it. I don't, I, I don't think I, that's a waste though. I I don't. I definitely think that's. A waste. <laughs> I don't. But I, I I think obviously I'm all for Deshaun Watson. That's what I want more than anything. And then I would rank Sam Darnold behind even drafting like Fields or Lance. But I think Sam Darnold would be a a decent choice and uh, worth a shot in Carolina. I feel like the move is risky and I feel like a lot of fans are just basing it off of Tannehill thinking that he's going to come in and totally be a different quarterback than what he was in on New York Jets, which is just a garbage team and just a hot mess in general. But I just, I don't see it. I don't see, and I'm not, I don't think the, I don't think the Panthers should do it. I don't think it's worth the risk. We've talked about this in our first episode. I think this is the most important off season for the Panthers and they can't, they can't take that big of a risk. I think it, they have a, they have a better shot of a, one of these rookies panning out over Sam Darnold revitalizing his career in Carolina. I just don't think it's the right move. And I'd rather see them go quarterback in the draft than go that route. I think that's plan D or E at this point if if I'm the GM of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and I mean, just in 2019, he, he showed flashes of 
potential. I mean, he threw for 3,000 yards, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions with an 84.3 passer rating. And that was with. Sounds like a Teddy Bridgewater year. No, 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 no. (laughs) What Teddy have like 11 touchdowns or something like that. But I I think in, in 2019, he didn't have a whole lot of supporting cast around him and he, he was working with what he had. I mean, he had Robbie Anderson, which we know how good he is in Carolina, but other than that, there really wasn't that much to work with in, in uh, New York. So I, I, like you I said, look, you look at Robbie Anderson's numbers. I have them pulled up here. 2018 and 2019, he only had 750 more so yards each of those seasons. And you look at it this year and Robbie Anderson looked like the steal of free agency for the Panthers. So where's Darnold throwing him the ball? And I know there was Darnold was injured some of those games and those couple of years and stuff. And I don't think Robbie played. Yeah, he was out a couple of games too in 2018, but Darnold's not the answer for Carolina. And I, and I think some of that is probably scheme uh, with the Jets coaching system and the Panthers coaching system, knowing to use Robbie better and just knowing Robbie better as a player uh, with with very true with Matt, very true with Matt Rule coaching him and at Temple. So I, I you know, and I, I want to make it clear, I'm not I'm not saying go trade for Sam Darnold right now. I'm just saying keep your options open open and don't rule out a, a Sam Darnold trade at this point, because I think it's better than sticking with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think so. Let's move on to John McClain. And you, you tease this a little bit. He he's a um, reporter with the Houston Chronicle. He's covered the Texans since their debut in 2002, covered the Oilers before that. This guy knows Houston Texans football. He was on sports radio 610 yesterday. He said, why would they trade with Carolina for the eighth pick? They're not going to get a quarterback out of it. And then he also said what you mentioned already, that the Texans don't want Bridgewater. So, Bryson, you're the Texans. You have the Jets, Dolphins, and it looks like Carolina are the top three teams that are rumored for the best possibility to land Watson. What, what did you think of this development by McLean? Well, I think John McClain is underestimating the aggressiveness that David Tepper is getting ready to show when once they start answering his calls and he stops leaving voicemails for them. Uh, I think he's underestimating David Tepper, and I think he's underestimating the, um, for example, the report that came out today or yesterday about the relationship between Jack Easterby and Stephen Drummond. Um, they apparently have a very good relationship, and they both had the kind of the same rise within their organizations and um, I think that plays into it some too, but um, I, I think that, the, I mean, I don't blame the Texans for not being interested in Taylor Bridgewater. The eighth pick though, you can get a quarterback with the eighth pick and especially depending on what happens in front of you. I think the eighth pick is a solid pick. And, um, and I think, I don't, I don't think John McLean is really considering how aggressive that David Tepper is going to be with this. And I, I wouldn't, uh, I would not underestimate him. I think that's a valid point. You take everything with a grain of salt right now, because there's so much going on. No one really knows what's going to happen. No one does. I mean, I don't even think Nick Nick Casario knows what's, what's going to happen with him. I think at some point they're going to trade him. I don't think they have really an option. I think he's, they're going to have to deal him. He's going to sit out. This could be a Lev Bell situation where he sits out a whole season. I hope it doesn't get to that because I want Carolina to get him. Yeah. but it could be where this thing just drags out the whole year from what we're hearing from John Alice, Joe person, Tepper is, this is his guy. 
his he's got his eyes on the prize and he wants Watson and it might take it at all costs. It could take three, four, three first rounders. I'm sorry, Panther fans. I hate to say this. It could take Brian Burns. Brian Burns would fill that JJ Watt void that's gone. And I know that will hurt a lot of fans, but it could take him. It could take Shaq Thompson and some of these other guys. I don't think Derek Brown would be part of it. I don't think Jeremy Chin would be part of it. Those are Matt rule guys. Ryan Burns, he's good, but it might take him to lure into Sean Watson. And I know a lot of fans are going to hate that, but that that's just the reality. It could come to that. If Carolina, because of their value at pick eight and the Jets and Dolphins being picked two and three, it might take some of those other, those blue chip type players to get a guy like Watson. Curtis, let me ask you. So if they send you an offer on paper, they want they want three first round picks. They want Brian Burns and they want Shaq Thompson. Are you are you saying yes or no to that deal? You put me in the spotlight. Damn you. <laughs> That's tough. I would one hundred percent say Shaq Thompson because I thought their extension of him was a was not a smart move by Marty Hurdy and they should have went the James Bradbury route. Absolutely. So I, that one I'm fine with. Brian Burns is a little bit tougher, but you got to look at it this way. What's going to win you that Super Bowl? Is it going to be a, a DN who gets you 10 sacks a year? Is it going to be a franchise quarterback at 25 years old? At this point, I don't know. I don't know what I'm comfortable with. I definitely think three first rounders is probably going to be what it's going to take for Carolina mm-hmm. and Shaq Thompson and maybe someone else. I mean, maybe it's an offensive player. Maybe it's one of their wide receivers. I mean, that's another thing we get into. Do they dish away Robbie Anderson or – DJ Moore and a lot of fans are, what? Are you kidding me? Could it take one of those? Could it be Christian McCaffrey? I mean, we could talk about this trade all day. It's there's a lot of moving parts. And then we all, I mean, as Panther fans, we all hope the Texans deal them like they did to DeAndre Hopkins and they get some <laughs> sort of stupid deal, a stupid deal for them. But hey, Cal McNair is still there, so that's a possibility. But why don't you answer your own question? You put me on the spot. Would you do the Brian Bird, Shaq Thompson, and three first rounders for Deshaun Watson? Let me just put it this way. Yes. <laughs> You're not even holding back. There's no hesitation. No, not at all. I, I think that you were leading to it with your point about what's going to win your Super Bowl. A 25-year-old top three quarterback in the league with 10-plus years more of elite talent and elite play or a very – I mean, I'm not downplaying Brian Burns by any means. He is an elite, elite defensive lineman. And he is going to be very good for a long time. But, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to keep Brian Burns and and pair him with Deshaun Watson on the same team. But I don't think that's going to be able to happen if we end up getting Deshaun Watson. I think Brian Burns is going to be a centerpiece trade. And I love Brian Burns, but I think I would love Deshaun Watson more. It probably more than likely would be the biggest trade in NFL history. And it's going to be nuts. And hopefully Carolina is involved in it. So we can finally get, as fans, the franchise quarterback we've been waiting for since Cam Newton left. I think getting Deshaun Watson does a lot for this team and this area, putting the Panthers back on the map. I think Deshaun Watson takes this team to the playoffs next year. And I, I know there's going to be people that argue with me about that, but I, I don't think they would trade DJ Moore. I don't think they can trade Christian McCaffrey in a trade for Deshaun Watson because I don't think the Texans want that contract. You pair Deshaun Watson with Christian McCaffrey – 
and DJ Moore. I mean, you you have a top five offense uh, right there. Um, uh, the offensive line needs some work, obviously, but you can get some stopgap, low cost free agents, draft some rookies, and I, I think they have a very solid offense right there. And I think that it's definitely playoff caliber offense. Yeah, and something I heard on the radio, I think it was today, someone had tweeted it out that Deshaun Watson not only makes this team better and makes it a playoff team either instantly or not far from that is you, you kind of alluded to it with he's or he played in, he played at Clemson. So that's going to bring the South Carolina and North Carolina together. There's also that gap. There's Virginia and some of these other States that don't have a team. Tepper is hoping make this Panthers team a more relevant NFL team that gets four or five spotlight games, your Sunday night football, your Monday night football games every single year consistently. And I think that's what Tepper wants. Tepper's a businessman. He wants that stadium filled with 100% Carolina Panther fans every single game. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson gets you closer to that. Bridgewater doesn't. At the end of the day, the NFL is a business, and David Tepper is a businessman. And he sees it as Deshaun Watson is going to make him that money. Deshaun Watson is going to get the Panthers wins. Deshaun Watson is going to give the Panthers a chance to go to the Super Bowl and possibly win a Super Bowl. So I think that's why he wants to be aggressive. I think that's why he's going to be aggressive. Now, is there going to be a deal that gets done? I don't know. I hope so. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody in this league is going to be more aggressive than David Tepper. Now, enough about Watson. I know we could probably talk about him the rest of the episode. Let's get into free agency We got some big dates coming up. March 17th is the official date of the new league year when that begins, which means that's the official start of free agency. Bryson, right now, where do you, what do you rank the Panthers needs in terms of free agency? I think the number one need that they have to address first is quarterback, obviously, whether that be trade or draft, I don't see them signing a free agent quarterback, but I think that's the number one need for them to take care of and focus on. After that, I think it's kind of – there are some pretty big needs all across the board. I I would say probably offensive line, but you could go corner two, linebacker, um, defensive tackle with uh, – to pair with Derek Brown. I don't think they have like a true 3DT, uh, three uh, technique defensive tackle on the roster um, with cutting k short. I Hopefully, hopefully they, they're able to bring him back on a, on a team friendly deal. I think that would be great for the team and for the locker room, but I I would probably rank offensive line right after quarterback. Then I, then I would go to the defense and start with corner two to put beside uh, Dante Jackson. Um, there are some solid free agent corners on the market that you could get for cheap. I think then after that, you, you could go linebacker, you could go defensive tackle. Really, you, you can't go wrong, which whichever one you choose. Did I send you my cheat sheet of my answers? Because I think I did. Because I think you, <laughs> no, I have the same as no, I have no, this, no. I have the same as you. Offensive line number one, they need to find that left tackle. They need a couple guards if they don't resign some of these guys. But I definitely think offensive line is number one, besides quarterback. You got to protect that guy you bring in. So they do need they do need some offensive line help. And then I'd go cornerback, Dante Jackson's that sure number one. And beyond that, it's a bunch of guys that 
I'd rather not see play. Let's put it that way. Hey, I, I forgot to mention um, the cut of Trey Boston. I guess free safety would be a, a pretty big need now, too, unless they plan on playing Jeremy Chin back there, which I really hope they don't plan on doing. But Well, I think you'd see Chin, Chin would go to strong, strong safety, and then you could see maybe them bringing – I don't know if Burris – is Burris yeah, – I think Justin Burris plays more of the strong safety um, position, and Trey Boston was playing more of the free – but uh, and that's who I think they'd have back there, and maybe a guy like Sam Franklin, who had had some yeah. flashes throughout. Feisty the- guy, he is feisty. He is. He wants that smoke on the field. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then you mentioned it, middle linebacker. They they haven't found someone since Luke Kiki left. Defensive tackle depth, I think, is another one with KK gone. Kerr Kerr will help you there. He kind of remind. He's like a Kyle Love type guy. He reminds me of. I'd even say he's a little bit better than him, but that's a defensive tackle depth is something they're going to need, especially because they want to play more four man, a four man rush instead of that, the famous three man down the three down linemen that we all love to see. Really not. We all hate that. I hate seeing that. You think they want to phase that out? No, but they do want to go to a more four man front. The one you didn't mention is tight end. I don't think that's their most their biggest need because I feel like their offense has the pieces to work with. But tight end would be nice. It'd be nice to have a tight end that catches more than two hundred and some yards in a season. <laughs> I Travis don't put all Travis, the blame. Travis Kelsey catches that in the game, but <laughs> Ian Thompson has that for sixteen. So listen, you see me on Twitter defending Ian Thomas. I don't put all the blame on him. The man didn't get any targets this year. It seemed almost like a that was Joe Brady's scheme was they didn't get him very much involved or Teddy Bridgewater wasn't finding him open. It was one of those. Yeah. I mean, I seem like in Joe Brady's offense this year, the tight end was like the third or fourth read and Teddy didn't make it to the third or fourth read very often this year. So I, I think he, Ian Thomas kind of, kind of got the short end of the stick with, with um, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Mike Davis, even playing. Um, I think Ian Thomas was the short end of the stick. So what free agent do you see the Panthers bringing in? Um, like what free agent target, Curtis, do you, could you see the Panthers bring in on a team-friendly deal? We talked about this last week, but I, th- I think a guy like Orlando Brown, it would take a lot. It might be if they're not in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes to go after a guy to solidify the left tackle position. But I think that's a guy they would look to. And it would, it would be nice. They haven't had a left tackle since Jordan Gross in 2013 since he left. So that you got to watch out for because if they do go after a guy like that, you have to save the draft capital for Watson. So you got to be careful of when they would pull that trade off because if they have Watson in mind, it's going to be hard to do both. And then I'll go, I'll go for a guy that's going to maybe help bring in Watson, and that's Will, Fur- Will Fuller. He fills that Curtis Samuel type player if they lose him, which it more than likely is going to happen when they either tag or extend Taylor Moten. But a guy like Will Fuller is 26 years old, played 11 games this past season, 53 catches, 879 yards and eight touchdowns. He is going to carry over. He was suspended at the end of this past year for uh, PEDs. So he will have that first game suspension, but that's a guy they can bring in. And that's a guy Deshaun Watson's comfortable with and could help him on Joe Brady's offense. Not not to mention Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, 
But I think that's another guy they could bring in maybe on a cheaper deal. And that offense is right back to where it was. I had, I had Will Fuller on my list too, because I think that's kind of a popular choice right now, especially with the Deshaun Watson rumors going around. But another popular one, I think, is the uh, getting Hassan Reddick. Uh, I think they were talking about that last season uh, as a potential trade for Carolina. He's got the Temple connection with Matt Rule. He's coming off a hell of a season in Arizona who just brought in J.J. If he's Watt. from Temple, he's more than 99% sure going to be on the Panthers at one point <laughs> in his career. Let's be real here, right? Hey, you're probably not wrong, but he's coming off a 12-and-a-half-sack season. He had 63 tackles, uh, 15 tackles for loss. I mean, this man went berserker last season, um, and I think he's earned himself a contract, a, a decent contract at least. I could see the Panthers targeting him just to pair him with Matt Rule in the, in the Temple connection at the very least, but um, to put him on the defense I think would definitely provide an upgrade. And then another guy I think would – that the Panthers could be bringing in is a guy who was just cut um, at the tight end position that you were mentioning earlier is Kyle Rudolph. I think that the Panthers kind of want to bring in a, a type player like Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph and Bridgewater reunion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, let's hope not. But, <laughs> but I think Kyle Rudolph, he brings in a section of the game that uh, Ian Thomas doesn't. I think Kyle Rudolph is more of a, of a red zone threat. Yeah. I think, Kyle Rudolph, even I mean, he's he, he's not coming off the best. Season. I think he's got better catching ability than Thomas too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not coming off. Of, he hasn't had great quarterback play either, but he's only coming off a 334 yard season. But if he gets schemed in, in the right offense, I think Kyle Rudolph is a solid tight end. Yeah, and I think I think him. Sorry to jump in, but no, I think good. with him not having that huge season this past year that could help Carolina bring him uh-huh. in on a cheaper deal too and I think that's what they're going to look for absolutely and I think John New Smith from Tennessee is a solid option at tight end he's a younger tight end um, coming off a good season but he's going to be more expensive than a Kyle Rudolph for sure I, um, I I'm curious and may you might not know this why isn't why aren't people considering that he might just resign with Tennessee why wouldn't he resign with Tennessee I'm not sure on that, honestly. I, I don't know if it's a case. They don't do. They don't have any. I mean, Delaney Walker came out today and said he's going to probably be back this season. So that's a possibility because I know he took the season off last year. But wh- why aren't the Why aren't the Titans resigning him? I'm. J- I just. I, every time I see that report out there, I'm just curious because I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's more of a uh, cap situation for Tennessee or what but i mean if i was tennessee i would definitely be trying to resign him he's he's coming off a pretty good year almost 500 yards uh he's got he had eight touchdowns this year i mean uh, a 63 percent catch percentage uh, i think he's going to be a solid tight end in the nfl for a while and he's he's got the speed that um could work in an offense like joe brady's offense so i i think john smith is a potential target as well I think they're probably going to be going for offensive linemen a lot in free agency. I think they're going to be targeting kind of guys like they were last year, John Miller, um, that style of player. Um, Gabe Jackson was cut today by uh, by um, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that I could see them going for somebody like that as well. There is a lot of speculation, and the Panthers do have quite a bit of cap um, this season. So it's going to be an interesting free agency to, see the, to say the least. Another guy I wanted to mention, Bryson, was a guy that might not be popular among Panther fans based off of his NFC championship game with the Packers, but Kevin King, he's a free agent. I know he was, a, he was awful in that NFC. He was, you couldn't have a worse game for a cornerback in one in the biggest game of your life. 
apparently his position coach in Green Bay is the Panthers secondary coach right now, Jason Simmons. And in 2019, Kevin King had five interceptions, which is pretty damn good. I'll take that. I think he would be an upgrade for the Panthers. And in 2019, guess who his coach was in his final year? Simmons. So look for him to be a target for the Panthers. He might be a cheaper deal, hopefully, for them. But that could be a guy they bring in. And another, uh, since you brought up corner, another guy that I would um, also keep an eye on is uh, Mike Hilton out of Pittsburgh. Mike Hilton is a very solid cornerback, especially in the slot. Um, probably one of the best slot corners in the league. Still young, uh, still I mean, basically a, a big need that the Panthers need to fill. I hope they bring back Corn Elder. I thought Corn Elder had a bounce back season. I know you, you know, I hated you. Him. You love me some <laughs> Corn. You love you love me some Corn Elder, don't you? Uh, he came back strong this year. I got to give him props, man. He he played good. Uh, I think it slot is his position. But uh, I think Mike Hilton, it would be an upgrade over Elder. But uh, I think Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton might have a shot playing outside. I don't know. But he is a guy I would keep an eye on for Carolina. Now let's talk about the biggest guy I think the Panthers need to sign this offseason. Was on the roster this last year is Taylor Moten. The deadline to place a franchise tag or tra- transitional tag on a player is March 9th. It's approaching. That's next Tuesday. Do the Panthers get a deal done before then, or you think they're going to tag him and work on a deal this summer? I think all signs are pointing towards a franchise tag this season and then hopefully working on a deal over the season into next uh, long-term deal. Um, I don't think a franchise tag would be bad for Moten. I think he's a, a solid right tackle, one of the best in the leagues, and I think getting paid $14.8 million, for him isn't a bad thing either. I know players really enjoy the um, stability and basically just knowing that they have a, a guaranteed money in place. I know NFL players enjoy that, but a franchise tag is not the worst thing to happen for him. So very big pay grade, uh, pay raise, and I think that that's just a, a good option for Carolina at this point. Uh, I don't think you can let Moten walk. I think he's pretty much – one of the only good players on your offensive line. I mean, Paradis was decent last year, but Moten is definitely a piece of the franchise you don't want to let walk out the door. I'm confident saying the Panthers are 99.9999999% chance that they are going to re-sign Moten. That if you want a guy like Watson, you need to at least lock up one of your tackles at the very minimum. So Moten is most definitely going to be a Panther this next year. All signs point to it. All reporting points to it. I personally think they're going to franchise tag him. They'll try to work on a deal this summer and hopefully get something done. 14 and a half mil, I think is what he projected for the franchise tag. So that's not bad for a guy who's arguably the best, one of the best right tackles in the NFL right now, especially when you have Matt Paradis and then, they they just re-signed Scott, and you got some of these other younger guys that are going to fill in the depth, but they don't have really one else, and that's scary. You need a guy like Moten on this offensive line, no matter who is under center next year. While we're on the topic of Panthers and free agents and who they're going to sign, what Panthers do you see from last season that they're going to be bringing back, whether that be Mike Davis or Sewell Douglas? basically the players on the list that were on the team last year, who do you see them bringing back this year? I think they'll bring back Arma. It's, it's third and one, it's fourth and one. 
run the fullback dive. Arm out the gut. That's Arm all I hear. The gut. Absolutely. I think they bring him back. I think they bring, and we'll see. I think they bring back Farrell Cooper. He's He was a good special teams player for them. Finally, a guy who didn't fumble the ball on returns, which was nice. Davis, I'd like them to re-sign him. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to go young at the backup running back position. And I think Davis is going to garner a little bit more money than the Panthers want to pay him. I could be wrong. Maybe he'll take a discount and stick with him. That's one guy that we might not see next year. Uh, I think they bring back Rasul Douglas and Cornelder. I'd bring them back both. Rasul Douglas, what he did at the start of last season when he came in versus the Raiders that first game, it looked like that guy was on, was in Phil Snow's defense for two years. I really liked him. I thought he was a great add. I think they'll bring back Manhurts. That's another guy who, is he a pass-catching tight end? No, but he's a good blocker. It's another guy I could see them go after. John Miller, I hope they bring him back. He'll add depth, another guard that they would need. As sure as hell, hope they don't bring back Whitehead. God, please he was, don't bring back Whitehead. He was a terrible signing by Marty Herney. Yeah. Schofield, I'm not a big fan of him either. No. Some fans may want him for depth. I thought when he, I, he slid in at left tackle last year, he was terrible. Curtis, I got to say, you left off the biggest free agent that the Panthers have to bring back, and that is the man that's been here for so long, been so steady, been so solid. J.J. Jensen, J.J. I'm Jensen. sorry. I'm sorry. They got to bring him back out, just out of pure respect for the organization. I mean, this man has been around – as long as I can remember, man, he's he's been solid at long. And if they time. don't, he's gonna go to <laughs> Carolina North, the Washington football oh, yeah. or yeah. the Giants. Absolutely. I don't think there's a doubt. Or yep, the Bills. Um, he he is one of my favorite, man. He he's he's an awesome guy. I think I think they uh I think they bring him back on a real note though, but I think I agree with you on most of the um, people that they're going to be bringing back. I could definitely see them bringing back Russell Douglas and Corn Elder both just for pure, pure depth reason, even if Russell Douglas doesn't get much playing time anymore. Um, I think they bring back John Miller. I thought he was decent last year. I don't think bringing him back would be a mistake. And I tend to agree with you on Mike Davis. I don't think that they're going to be able to bring him back. I think he's going to garner a little bit more than they want to pay for a backup running back. So I do see them going young and, drafting one this year again an undrafted um free agent rookie um they they seem to be pretty good at finding talent in that pool of players so I, I tend to agree with you on most of those let's end on this segment mel kuyper this week in his are in his latest mock has carolina taking mac jones out of alabama at eight he most recently listen to this he most recently compared jones to tom brady I don't know what he's smoking, man, but I need some of it because I'll tell you what, it'd probably relieve a lot of stress, um, kind of take the edge off a little bit. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of Mac Jones in, within the first 15 picks. I think he's a late first-round, early second-round talent at best. I think Mac Jones lacks the ability to prove himself in an offense like that the NFL is going towards, which is – a quarterback that's mobile, a quarterback that's going to be able to move the pocket, a quarterback that's going to be able to avoid rushers. I think that's the, the way the league's going. And if you're not able to do that, you definitely um, are set back as a team. 
and as a uh, ability to scheme for uh, defenses. So I, I don't like Mac Jones. I think he, yes, that picture of him with a cigar. I mean, my God, look, look at him, man. He, he looks like he chills on the couch with me on the weekends and drinks beer. He, he just doesn't look like a quarterback that's going to lead your team to a Super Bowl. And I think that at the end of the day, that's the goal of an organization is to find that guy. If they were to take Mac Jones at eight with Trey Lance and Justin Fields available, I don't know what I would do, man. I'd probably go lay down on the interstate or something, but <laughs> I, I just, I just couldn't deal with that dude. And I, I know there's all those reports out there that Matt, uh, Matt rule loves Mac Jones and he recruited them and they, they had this bromance at the senior bowl, but my goodness, I, I think there's better options. I'm taking him at eight is not it. They either trade down, take him later if they want him, which I hope they don't, but I hope that's the way they go. Um, they trade let's, down. Let's play a scenario here. Let's okay. play a scenario. Tre- Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance are all off the board, and Panthers are still sitting at eight. They're not getting Watson. You're not taking Mac Jones at eight? No, I'm not taking Mac Jones at eight. What I do in that situation is what our friend Kevin Avery from Four Man Rush would do, and that's take a tackle. Let's take a corner. Let's take something else um, besides quarterback. And you will go with Teddy for another year and you reassess next season. I, I do not take Matt Jones. I don't think he's worth the pick at eight. I, I, it, but in that situation, exactly, I would be okay with him trading back and taking him later and gaining more picks through the second and third rounds um, for the trade back. I would be okay with that. But at eight, I would not touch Matt Jones. And I'll be, I'm going to go on the record with this. Screw it. Why not? I don't mind Mac Jones. I think he's a decent quarterback. I watched a couple of his games over these last couple of days, and he isn't a mobile quarterback, but you don't need a mobile quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That's, that's not the case. Yeah, he was in a really good offense. Yeah, did he have a lot of talent around him? Of course he did. There's no doubt about it. But the, some of the things that that guy did within the pocket, within his means of play, he can make majority of the throws. You look at his Auburn game this past year, particularly in the second quarter, he sensed, he can sense the pressure in the pocket. And that's, that's one thing I like about him. Guys coming off the edge, he senses them behind him. Doesn't see him, but he moves up. He moves up in the pocket and, and can make the throws. And that's the one thing I do like about him. I think he, there are things he needs to work on, obviously, throwing on the run. Uh, I think he's a little un- inaccurate in some of his sh- shorter throws, which could be an issue, but I think those things are teachable. But I do think Mac Jones could be a decent quarterback in this league. Now, what there are questions I have, and how does he under how does he respond under under duress? Because if you look at the if you look at his games this past year with Alabama, he wasn't pressured a whole lot. They have studs on the offensive line. We get that. So how does he respond when you have a Carolina offensive line and you're getting hit four or five times a game and getting hurried 10, 15 times a game? How does he respond? That's one thing I worries me about him. Another thing is when the pocket breaks down, which is going to happen in Carolina, we've seen it a lot last year, is how does he handle it? Kenny gets outside the pocket. He ain't Peyton Manning slow, but he ain't – he ain't Lamar Jackson speed either. 
Okay. He, he, he can run a little bit, but he is not fast by any means at all. We know that he can move a little bit, but that is one thing. And that's another concern I have is when the pocket breaks down, how does he handle it? And there are, there are a few instances that I can point out to, and that Auburn one was one of them. They sent, they sent six guys, Auburn sent six guys on a blitz. And again, he felt the pressure coming from his left side. He moved up through a dart for a touchdown. And that's what, those are the kind of things you like to see out of a young quarterback is because some quarterbacks can't feel that pressure and they get sacked. And that's one thing I thought he did well. That was just one instance. There's a few others I can point to. So I'm, I think he could be a decent quarterback. I will never go as far to say Tom Brady. I'm not that confident because there's also the stigma. He's an Alabama quarterback. Mm-hmm. Alabama quarterbacks, more, majority of the time, do not translate to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, A.J. McCarron, Greg McElroy. Every one of those guys have question marks. And we're out of the league in a couple of years. I feel like sometimes people see the reporting from all these other national guys and they automatically, well, yeah, Mac Jones is terrible. Watch the tape a little bit deeper. I, I think there are some flashes and I think this guy could be a good quarterback. See, I, I'm not saying Mac Jones is, is terrible. And I'm not saying that Mac Jones doesn't have a chance to be good, but I'm not touching him at eight. If I'm Carolina, I, I think that's a, a reach and reaching for quarterbacks doesn't really work out. Normally look at Mitch Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, you the Bears reached ungodly amount for him and he's probably not going to be on the team this year so I I just I at eight I do not touch Mac Jones late late in the first round early in the second round sure and by the way I want to go on saying I never said touch him at eight I never said that but I do think he could be a good quarterback I think it's a situation where the Trey Lance the Zach Wilson the Justin Fields are out of the mix and Carolina is sitting at eight I think it's a, a time where either if one of those top tackles aren't there, you trade back middle of the first and you go, I, I'm fine taking Mac Jones in the middle of the first round. I am. I'm comfortable so, with them so doing that. Are you fine with taking Mac Jones at eight? If all four quarter of the top quarterbacks are gone? No, I think they could trade back and get, and get some more, some more draft capital f- from that, whether that's okay. a second or third round pick in that year or next year. But I'm comfortable if that situation happened and all the top, what is it? Four or five. I keep losing track. It's four or five. The top four. four quarterbacks, if they're gone and Mac Jones and they're sitting there at eight and they think they can get them at 12, 13, 14 and trade back. I think they need to. And we'll dive, we'll dive deeper in all, all of these guys as we get closer to the draft, but let's, let's talk about, let's keep on the conversation. Mac Jones today. Um, Alabama wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. He was asked today, if you had to pick between Tua or Mac Jones, who are you taking? He said, Mac Jones. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with them, Mr. Waddle there. I think Tua definitely showed more ability to, uh, I mean, be an NFL quarterback while he was at Alabama. Sure, he had his struggles this season in Miami. I think it was just growing pains that he's going through. But I thought Tua showed way more ability to um, escape, throw on the run. Um, basically, the things that you're looking for in today's offense, I thought Tua showed, showed a lot more. But in 
and it goes back to what I said. I don't think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. I don't think he's going to be, uh, uh, you know. Are you per- against Carolina drafting a pocket passer then? Because that's what yes. Mac Jones is. You are against that. Yes, okay. I am against that. I, I want think- that on the record. I want. I just wanted to make sure that's because that's what it's, I'm getting the sense of. I just wanted to make sure. I, I don't think a pocket passer is the way that the league is going, um, leading towards you got – I mean, for example, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, um, the list goes on and on. You need a quarterback that's going to be able to escape and throw on the run. You need a quarterback that's going to be able to elude the rushers. It adds a different dimension to your team that a pocket passer just doesn't. And I'm not saying – I mean, look at Tom Brady. This man's won seven Super Bowls. He's a pocket passer. But I'm thinking – Drew Brees, Eli Manning. I mean, what's one and two Super Bowls? But uh, (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> Beat Tom Brady both of those times, both yeah. pocket passers. Yeah, and, and that's Peyton in the Manning. Past. That's in the past. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. And I, I think what makes him the best quarterback. And he just lost to a pocket passer. It wasn't his fault. You know that. You know it was that offensive line, and you know the Patriots – or I'm sorry, the Patriots. You know that the Buccaneers had a hell of a defense this year, and it, if not for that defense, they wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl, and I don't have any problem saying that. But – a quarterback that is mobile, that's going to be able to elude rushers, is the way of the future, and I think that's evident. With, I mean, even Justin Herbert is is mobile, and that's what makes him so good. I think is his ability to elude. But I don't rushers. necessarily think you need that. Like you can go with a pocket passer, and it works, and it wins Super Bowls. I mean, there's stats to back that up. Is you don't need a runner, and I feel like. Fans nowadays are a lot are very among your the popularity of your opinion is they need a Cam Newton they need a Lamar Jackson they need a Kyler Murray and I don't think that is the case I think they can get a pocket passer like a Mac Jones and it could work out and I'm not saying they need a Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton but a Justin Herbert or a quarterback that is somewhat mobile is, is what they need. The Panthers are not in a situation to be able to protect a quarterback that's going to be sitting in the pocket and, and just going through his progressions in the pocket. They are not in that situation. So Mac Jones, I don't think is a good fit in Carolina because of that. But I think a pocket passer can work out in the league if he has all the right pieces around him. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater last year or the, the year before last in with the saints won five games because he had one of the best offensive lines in the league. And he, had one, some of the best supporting cast around him. I think it's possible, but I think getting a quarterback that has the ability to do that takes a lot of pressure off getting everything right on your offensive line, getting your the best wide receivers in the league, getting the best tight end in the league, having the best running game. It takes a lot of pressure off all that, and it makes it easier to build a team around him. That's a valid point, but I also think there's other deficiencies with a dual-threat quarterback that also hinders them as well. So – to go out and say that you need everything to fall in line to get a pocket passer, that I don't think is the case. I think there are certain things you need, but I think there are certain things you need also in a dual threat quarterback. You could play both sides of the coin on that one. I think it's a little easier to to hide the deficiencies of a dual threat quarterback than it is a pocket passer if you don't have a solid offensive line. And I'm speaking in terms of Carolina. That's not a situation that they're prepared to do. I think so getting the quarterback that has the ability to cover up some of the holes on the offensive line to escape like a Russell Wilson type escape, or, I mean, even Drew Brees in his prime has the ability to escape rushers. If you watch more of that Mac Jones tape, you're going to see 
more of a statue type quarterback in, in the pocket, not escaping a lot. And that's not the kind of quarterback that Carolina needs. They do not need a statue in the pocket because that is not going to work out with that offensive line. But is, is Matthew Stafford a dual threat quarterback? I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that at all. I wouldn't say he's dual threat, but I, I say he has, the, he has the ability to elude rushers. And so does Mac Jones. Watch the tape. He's run away from guys. He's moved <laughs> up in the pocket and thrown the ball too. I mean, I'm not saying he's faster than Matthew Stafford, but he's not a stick out there. I mean, he can move a little bit. He ain't the quickest guy, but Matthew Stafford is sure as hell not a dual threat quarterback. And they were going to, they were almost, they gave up a first fifth and Teddy Bridgewater for him. So they clearly liked him and that's, he's not a dual threat quarterback. He's not a runner. Yeah, that's a fair point. But I think eluding college players and eluding NFL players is a, is a different animal. But I, I think Matt Jones is not a, he doesn't have the elusive ability that, Matthew Stafford has that Drew Brees has he doesn't have that instinct that they have and yeah he's done it a couple times on tape here and there but I I just don't see him working out in the NFL in that aspect now I'll be the first to say I'm not as crazy as Chris Sims that has him the third quarterback (laughs) overfilled yeah but I think I think he has tools there that could work and I do think he could become a good quarterback I don't want to be as bold as Mel Kuyper and Chris Sims but there are some times where I watch him and I think he could be a pretty damn good quarterback. We'll see. And I know that's that that maybe in itself is a little bold, but I do think he could pan out. And in from game to game, he had the best talent in the in the country around him. Um it, no doubt about games, it. No doubt about it. Some games way above the, the talent he played against. And I think that helped him a lot with those numbers that he that he passed for and touchdowns he passed for. But I, I don't disagree with you. And, and another thing, too, that concerns me is a lot of his throws are his first read. So can he go yeah. through that progression? And that's and that's something watching more video on him and seeing more of his game is to trying to pick that out, because that's another thing a lot of the rookie quarterbacks struggle with is, I mean, Cam Newton even did where you they have they struggle reading that second and third guy when the first guy isn't open and in the NFL that happens a lot so you got to be able to run, run through your progressions quick enough and find the open man you know what helps when you uh when your first progression's covered i'll tell you what helps is is when you can escape from the pocket and elude the rusher and be able to get to your second third fourth read hey i'm the first to say i like justin fields out of all the quarterbacks they they have a chance for Amen. I don't know if they have a chance for Zach Wilson. If they do, may, maybe that changes my mind. I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm just defending Mac Jones that this guy ain't the worst quarterback on the planet like a lot of Panther fans on Twitter do. A lot of them think this guy is going to be terrible. I think he could be a good quarterback. Are you going to get a beer with Mac Jones after this too or what? <laughs> we might hook up, and I know you'll want one too, so shut the hell up. Hey, yeah, yeah, you better be inviting <laughs> me. I'm going to talk shit to his face too. <laughs> We had put this out on Twitter earlier this week. We have a fantasy baseball draft that we're going to be doing. I know it's not football. There's, it's a long off season with football. There's not a whole, whole lot to do. Us talking all the time. We got to fill, we got to fill time and entertain us a little bit. So there is baseball coming up here in a couple of more weeks. At the end, at the end of March is opening, opening day. So we're going to be doing a fantasy baseball draft through Panthers on Tap. We're asking fans to join. We have, it's a 12 team league. We have nine spots open right now. It's a $10 buy-in 
First place gets $80 and a Panthers on tap t-shirt. You got to love the t-shirt. It's going to be cool. I can't wait until we get the design and get it out there, but I'm very excited for that. Second place gets $20. So you get your money back. Maybe you can go run to McDonald's, get yourself, maybe some Bojangles. We'll give you, we give you the $10. You do what you want with it. DM us on Twitter. If you're interested in playing, we love to get some fans that listen to us on a regular basis in here and just a little competition in the off season of football. We'll have the signups open until Friday, March 12th. And then the draft will be Sunday, March 14th. So look, look for that. But again, DM us if you are interested, we would love to get some guys in and let's play some ball, baby. Hey, uh, and Curtis is the first to know, I, I don't know a whole lot about baseball, but I, that's how I learned is uh, playing fantasy. So played it a couple years ago, learned a lot back then, and I'm really excited to get it going again this year. And, and before we end it, I wanted to give a shout out to a couple other teams in North Carolina, the Charlotte Hornets killing it right now. LaMelo ball, just absolutely playing out of his mind bleeding all rookies and everything points, rebounds, assists. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to them a lot better than people expected this year. And then my Carolina hurricanes near and dear to my heart. Um, hockey is one of my favorite sports to watch. Uh, they are playing out of their minds as well. Um, I think they're like 15 and six right now. They're in second place in their division, central division, just killing it right now. Uh, Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechikov, just playing out of their minds. Uh, I think North Carolina sports are definitely on the up right now. Uh, we got a positive outlook here. It's looking promising, so I'm excited for the future. Yeah, it's definitely promising. Basketball is starting to become relevant. Hockey's been relevant the past couple of years. We got an MLS soccer team coming, and hopefully the Carolina Panthers are relevant this next year with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> we can all hope, buddy. We can all hope. <laughs> well, let's get into our draft picks of the week. All right. Um, going into the draft picks of the week, I went and purchased a beer that I, I'm not sure if many Panthers fans know about this brand or not. Uh, I don't know if the Roaring Riot knows anything about Noda Brewing Company or not, but um, I, I went I went here in Winston and bought bought some Noda Brewing Company beer. Um, I'm I'm used to that Roaring Riot beer, but I got that Guava Goze beer from Noda Brewing Company out of Charlotte, obviously. Uh, this beer. Delicious, 4% alcohol. Uh, if you like sours, uh, which I do, I love sours. Show the beer. can off. We got to see the can. <laughs> yeah, guava goze. It's a little girly, I'll be honest, but the can is at least. But the beer tastes delicious. Um, I highly recommend Noda, obviously, um, going to the tailgates with the Roaring Riot. We know all about Noda. So uh, go try this beer, guava goze beer. I went with an outlier. I just like the name and the can looks really cool. This is called a shower beer. And if, if you've been in college and if you've ever had a shower beer, you'll never go back. Shower beers. I feel like they open up the pores when you're in the shower. They're just, it's, it's nothing like a shower beer. And this one, it's got the name on it. So you got it. You got to try it. This is a Czech style Pilsner. It's really good. Uh, It's got a kind of a, almost like a tangy aftertaste. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'll just read you the description a little bit. It says, perfect for any relaxing occasion. This Bohemian Pilsner sings. It sings, Bryson, with fresh, clean maltiness and a spicy flavor and aroma 
it is a pretty damn good beer. I'm not going to lie. And the can is pretty sweet. It's got a rubber ducky on it. Who doesn't want <laughs> a rubber ducky on their beer? So I would give this one a try. Again, it's a Bohemian style Pilsner. Only 4.5% alcohol. So it's a lighter beer, but it's a pretty damn good one. Who brews it again? Czech style pills. And it is, it's a, it's a 2015 gold winner, whatever the hell that means. So it must be (laughs) at once something, but a Bohemian style Pilsner. It's called okay. shower beer. So damn good shower beer for one gold. Champion. Beer. Oh, here you go. I, I need to learn how to read the can. Champion Brewing Company is the is the one who brews it. Okay. I don't um, know where to try. There it looks like they're out of Charlottesville, Virginia. So pretty close to here. All right. Sweet. So give that one a try. And again, thank you guys so much for listening to us tonight. You can watch all our episodes every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Panthers on Tap. Hit the follow button on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your Panthers analysis and breaking news. And as always, 